Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Ms. Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today in the hot seat is Dr. Ashley Faye White. And here's a bit about Dr. Ashley. She is an industry leader in challenging the weight as health dogma. Her groundbreaking work with responsive eating has encouraged a critical shift in the medical field in the way people with larger bodies are perceived and treated. As a trusted clinician, educator, and parent, Dr. Ashley's White's mission is to use her signature methodology of responsive eating to facilitate appetite literacy so that people in larger bodies can unlearn push back against, and liberate themselves from diet culture. She is a family and emergency medicine doctor by training and is a diplomat of the American Board of Obesity Medicine through, she doesn't use the term, though she doesn't use the term obesity, y'all, in a regular practice. So without further ado, please welcome Dr. Ashley White, where we're going to learn about her ethos, which is your appetite is your superpower. Hi, Genesis. Thank you for having me. That's great. My pleasure, Dr. Ashley. And before we dive into your ethos, I definitely want to connect with you on a personal level and then also give the audience an insight on who you are. So there are two options. We could play a rapid fire game or we could break the ice up front. Which would you like? Oh, I love games. Let's do games. She's playing rapid fire with Genesis. Question numero uno. Dr. Ashley, you're on an exotic island and you could only buy one item. You could buy a limited food supply. And I mean, it may be just two bananas. You could buy a t-shirt from your favorite band or... You could buy a CD, but there may not be a CD player. <laughs> what are you buying? I think I'm going to go for some food, some bananas. <laughs> Two bananas, y'all. Yeah, it's on theme. Two, dream car. Uh, I'm not a car person, but I do love trucks. Trucks. Just generally, Yeah. Is it a jacked up truck with the lift? Yeah, kit? I really like, yeah, I like, well, nothing fancy. I just really like having some vertical height. I just, I just don't like feeling like I'm going to be driven on, you know? Three, <laughs> if you could go anywhere in the world, money was no option, but here's the kicker. You just found out that they're not flying back to your home base. Where would that be? Oh, I would go to Copenhagen, Denmark. It's the greatest place on earth. Amazing. Yeah, for sure. It's so special. Okay. Why is it special? I got to know. So everyone bikes everywhere, which is amazing. Um, you can do anything. You can eat some incredible food from all over the world. Uh, it's small. Uh, and then the countryside is just outside the, the door. It's a small train right away. It's, it's beautiful and wonderful. Yeah. Or 
what made you become a doctor? Ah, great question. Uh, to help people feel free. Five. If you could hop in a time machine and go back in time to give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Don't diet. Don't diet. Okay. Love it. Six. Favorite food. I love food. I am pregnant. Uh, and so I love all food at the moment. <laughs> uh, pizza. I think I'm just pizza. I love, 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 love a pizza, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pregnant too, so. <laughs> pizza. Seven. Okay. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, living or dead, who would it be? This is kind of nerdy, but like Winston, Winston Churchill. Okay. Winston yeah. Churchill. Yeah. Pivotal, pivotal role. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eight. Okay. Oh, I got to come up with an easy one. Apple or Apple or uh, Android? Apple. Okay. Although I've gone both ways. <laughs> yeah. I'm split, y'all. I have an Apple computer, but an Android phone for various reasons. On the opposite. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, funny. <laughs> um, nine. Okay, let's see. If you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be and why? Some some questions I say, if you could recreate your wedding day, but I want to know any significant moment. Like my first meeting with my daughter when she was first born, like after the hard part. And then she got placed on me. That was the most special time. That was so Aww. special. Yeah. I'm excited for you to have that. It's really special. That is so cute. Yeah, it's it's the best. And 10, this is our pass or play question, Dr. White. So if you pass, you can ask me any question you want to know about me. If you play, I ask you one last question before we jump into our segment. <laughs> I better play. Ooh, let me I want to put you on the spot. Oh, no, I don't mind being on the spot. Uh, so if I don't answer, you're going to play or you're going to pass? Play. Okay. Ooh, let's see. Oh, this is a good one. You're in, you're in your dream car. You're in that truck that has a vertical height. You're jamming out to your music. What are you listening to? Oh, my God. Right now I'm listening to the Encanto soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with my toddler, but also alone. It's amazing. It's so good. It's the most incredible music ever. Amazing. It's, yeah, it's very nerdy, but. Hey, it's better than the Frozen song, because if I hear that song one more time. Get ready. Should, or Baby Shark, because my niece is wearing me out with Baby Shark. Well, no, uh, the Frozen soundtrack's at least melodic, but Yeah. yeah. Thank you for playing Rabbit Fire with Genesis. So let's, let's dive into your ethos. Your appetite is your superpower. So break that down in terms. What do you actually mean by that? And why is it your ethos? Mm -hmm. Appetite science is complicated, but at its root, it's about the human drive to be fed and the human drive to go and pursue 
and the drive to pursue and, and acquire uh, community, acquire food, acquire sex, or acquire partnership, acquire meat, that drive is why we are here. It is why we as a species exist. And our appetites are, it, that's sort of the expression of the pursuit of dopamine or a reward neurotransmitter in our brain. Um, our appetites are the manifestation and how we experience that drive to live and to grow and to propagate as a species. And diets have always shunned the appetite. Diets have always framed the appetite as the problem. And so we, as particularly as women, but as people who have dieted, we then say, well, if my wanting is such a bad thing, then my wanting for everything must also be bad. And my, my drive, my pursuit, my hunt is a problem. And we learn from a young age to play small as a result. And if we are going through the process of liberating ourselves from diet culture and being free to live our lives in whatever body we've been given uh, and to then move beyond the food, then we have to say to ourselves that hunger, that drive, that pursuit, that is who we are. And it is to be understood and to be read and to become you know, part of how we communicate and see the world. So our appetite is our superpower because it's why we're here. And the more time we can um, revel in the experience of having the ability and the wherewithal to go and pursue, the bigger and better our lives can be. And the more power we can absorb and to, and to take as our own, um, particularly as women, um, and certainly groups that come from disenfranchised communities, that's an important lesson. You're not too big. You, your wanting is welcome here. And if we can say to ourselves, hey, it's okay to be a big eater. It's okay. Then we can say, okay, well, now what? Well, now what do I do with it? How do I harness it? Just like Elsa in Frozen, she takes some time to become adept at using her power. But she, every, you know, the first movie, she spent half the movie trying to deny the existence of her power. And how did that work out? Not great, not great. So this is about becoming, um, becoming one with our, with our power, not to get too Marvel cinematic universe about it, which I don't, I don't really know much about Marvel, but that's kind of the whole, that's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like how you frame that up, um, Dr. Ashley, because I feel like once you really connect with food and your appetite, whether it's, um, sexual appetite, nourishment appetite, intellectual appetite, or whatever um, form of appetite that you're tapping into, you have that holistic experience, mind, body, and spirit. Mm. And you have a sense of belonging, but you also have a sense that you are not um, shutting out like one of your um, senses. Because, and I think that's where diets come in, because it, it limits us from tapping into all of those senses, because it's conditioning us to the point where if you eat that, that's bad, or don't eat that. When I think everything in moderation is okay. And what 
what our relationship with food is key because I live in Texas and anyone who comes to Texas says, man, y'all have some big A plates in Texas because (laughs) I've never been to Texas, but this is, this is the stereotype. Yeah. 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 So everything is like bigger in Texas. Like you have these big spuds, which are these huge baked potatoes. And y'all, I literally Mm -hmm. could eat a whole big, big, big potato. That's myself. (laughs) I would love to eat one of those. (laughs) and just different stuff but then I've also heard like from other people who have seen me because I'm very petite Mm. y'all they're like oh my gosh you're eating like a man and if I wasn't connected with my body I would be offensive so imagine if that comment was said to someone who is bigger body how do you think that would make that individual feel if you say oh you're eating like a man or you're eating too much and I think people love to food shame one another. And I feel like it's because they don't have their own relationship with food and they're not conscious about it. So have, has any of your clients that you've seen been in that predicament, Dr. Ashley, and how can we help them find what their relationship with food is and not have that guilt, that shame, and that remorse, but look at it as a lifestyle change versus seeing it as a diet or a no. Mm. I think you, you've made some important points that touch on, on some, some really key ideas here. So the first point is that you're a person who's thin, right? You're not, you're not large. And so if just because you're thin doesn't mean that your relationship with food is normal. And so if someone says, oh my gosh, you eat like a man and you're in recovery from an eating disorder, or you are ill you have cancer, uh, then, you know, we're, we're celebrating thinness as health, even though we have no idea what your personal situation is. And it's completely inappropriate to comment on your situation or suggest that we know something about your situation because we don't. Right. And this idea that you're healthy just because you're thin is huge. It's a huge part of the weight stigma. And then if you're talking about, okay, well, say you make a comment about what someone's eating and that person happens to be a larger person, then that larger person doesn't feel entitled to to eat in public. They don't feel entitled to share in, in eating experiences that the rest of the culture gets to share in. And that's not fair either. And that reinforces the stigma that people in larger bodies feel about where they do and do not belong. And one of the ways that we can help transform our society is create spaces where everyone belongs, right? And everyone gets to eat or not eat without anyone saying or not saying anything, right? Except for if you're trying to feed your toddler and then that's a whole thing. Um, but the, the idea of, of people first liberating themselves and giving themselves permission to ignore the people who say stuff like that and to acknowledge that, that when people say stuff like that, they're actually reflecting diet culture and they're reflecting stigma um, in a way that is socially acceptable, but we don't have to accept. So when I help um, and when I work with people in larger bodies who are learning to navigate these situations, a lot of the work we do, and this is there's a, a chapter in my course dedicated to this, is about self-advocacy. What do you say in those situations when someone's made a comment about your food, lovingly or not, say you're someone who's recently lost some weight and you're feeling some kind of way about it. And a person who has never communicated with you before decides that now's the time that you are worthy of 
of commenting, right? Like that's a horrible feeling, even though you are feeling differently in your body and your body is looking different. It doesn't mean that you've, you've achieved health, right? Health is actually a super individual thing. And I don't know how healthy you are just by looking at you. I can't know. And it takes a really personalized medical assessment to say, all right, here's what's going on metabolically. Here's what's going on from an inflammatory perspective. I can't know that by looking at you. And I certainly can't know that by looking at one meal that you eat, right? Absolutely. And I, I love how you brought up that, those valid points because I think people are so quick to make assumptions. And I tell people, okay, you're making assumptions, but you're making an ass out of you and I because <laughs> you're only seeing the outward part. You're not seeing the inward part. And I think that's the bandwagon that society is on because if you look at social media and all the things that influencers post, they, they're posting things that are edifying thinness. They're posting things that are edifying glamorous where everything needs to be prim and proper when in actuality, not everything is going to be prim and proper and that's okay. You may have a pimple one day or you may have some um, skin pigmentations or whatever the case may be, but does that make you any less beautiful? No, it doesn't. It just makes you different. And I feel like we need to focus on accentuating our uniqueness and being comfortable in our bodies. But how are we Mm going to do that whenever we're constantly seeing the visions that television is telling you? It tells you a vision, the stuff on social media and all the societal norms and pressures. And then if you say something that is unorthodox, then it's like, eh, cancel culture. And I feel like we need to rise up and take the power back and be so content with who we are that we don't give a flipping flying fudge sickle what anyone has to say. And we, we let others have that too, right? So um, one of the things that's been incredible about social media is that there are pockets of space where little bits of diversity are showing up, right? It's really important. Now, I would say still the diet culture is the mainstream. So they're the most, you know, highly paid influencers are the thin ones and the ones that can model the sample sizes and yada, yada. Um, but there are, there, are, there are people who identify as fat activists who are creating spaces of, on the internet where body positivity is the norm. And, and not just body positivity, because actually sometimes it's really hard to love your body when the world has told you that your body is unlovable. Um, but body neutrality, body acceptance, where we refuse to self-objectify each other and where we invite people to just say like, actually your body does not need to change. And actually, uh, if, if you want to achieve certain health outcomes, it may be that weight is actually not part of that journey. So I'm here saying things that are, are not standard in medicine and certainly not standard in obesity medicine. The, the dogma that we use is that pretty much, you know, anyone who is in a larger body should not, should be in a less large body. Um, but at the same time, the same field of medicine is understanding that there are limits on many people's metabolism. Um, medication can help um, sort of hack some of those limits, but there are lots of people for whom the process of dieting and the process of losing is more harmful than the process of being large. And we need to understand that some people get to be bigger and it's okay, right? 
and and they may be fine. It actually doesn't mean that they have a disease, right? It it doesn't. And I've been in lots of different kinds of bodies. My weight is is highly volatile. It always <laughs> has been. And there there are, and I'm I'm beginning to understand that that has been driven both by my genes, seventy percent by my genes. Um, but then by the culture, I, I was very open to being influenced by the culture as a young person because I didn't know otherwise. Um, and one of the reasons that I have tried to develop a perspective on this within my profession, one, a profession that is very pro-diet culture, is because I have a daughter who's also going to be a big girl. And it's really important to me that she doesn't diet her teens and 20s and 30s away. She's got way bigger things to do. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that because whenever you were talking, I, I um, thought about some celebrities who are in larger bodies that are embracing their bodies. Like one is, I think she's a hip hop either. I think she calls her herself hip hop or rap, but Lizzo, L-I-Z-O. And um, Megan Trainer, her song that she had all about that bass. And then, um, there was the one celebrity fat Amy, but since then she has lost weight. And I think she just got on the bandwagon of the societal norms or pressure, or maybe there were health conditions. I, I haven't read into oh, the story. That's a rebel Wilson, rebel Wilson, right? Yeah. I think so. so she, yeah. yeah. She's from that. Fat Amy was her role on pitch perfect. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, there's, so there's women who are out there, right. Daring to be large in public. Um, but I also think Lizzo has been very open about how that's not been easy for her, right? Like she yeah. gets a lot of vitriol. She gets a lot of hate directed at her body when she's just like embarrassingly talented, <laughs> like embarrassingly. She went to Juilliard, uh, like she's an instrumentalist, like she's extraordinary in every way. And she's also healthy, like the way that she mobilizes on stage, the way that she, she, her, her vital capacity, which is the, the extent of her, um, basically one measure of her respiratory capacity has to be insanely good because of the way she can project and the way that she can move. And so when I look at someone like Lizzo, I'm like, and I, I, I don't know anything about her health, but I do know what she's capable of. And I think that's a real healthy woman, right? That's it. So um, absolutely. And then you find on the polar opposite, there are people who are body shaming them. Mm -hmm. And then I I think another thing too to go along with diet, like this pro diet culture is this pro weight loss culture. And I'm so Mm -hmm. sick and tired of people say, oh, well, you could get it snip, nip, tuck, bit, all these, (laughs) all these things that are out there. And I'm like, why can't we just focus on the holistic part, getting back to the core, nutrition, exercise, and et cetera. But of course, if you were in that category where you absolutely needed weight loss surgery or the extreme to um, promote the longevity in your life, mm. I'm all for it. But there are so many shows of a botched surgeries that have went wrong because people felt like they were conditioned to get that done. Can you talk a little bit about that, Dr. Ashley, or... Mm. Um, just kind of shed some light on it. Yeah, I have, um, I have, I think I probably have an interesting perspective because I also run a med spa. And so I'm really into like 
I love Botox. Like I really love it. And I, I, uh, I'm like kind of okay with filler. It, you know, it's all personal. What I, what I think is really important about interventions. So the, the desire to change something about your body is that they have to be led from your values. So if you are, um, manifesting the values that you hold in the world by undergoing some sort of procedure. Um, and perhaps one of your values is like, listen, longevity matters to me because, um, not because longevity is in itself a value, but it has instrumental use in my life because I can care for my grandkids for a long period of time. Right. So if you are rooting decisions to maybe pursue gastric bypass, and then often gastric bypass comes with abdominal plasty or skin tightening procedures, if you're going to pursue that because that's consistent with your values for your life and you understand the risks and benefits, and it has, there's some metabolic urgency to what's going on for you. Like, you know, you have diabetes that, that medications are not controlling well. Um, and it's part of your plan for living your life. I actually have, I do not judge that at all. And, and in fact, I may recommend it if you were my patient. Um, but the idea of saying, okay, well, um, because I don't look like this person on Instagram, I must pursue this, 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 this intervention just because as opposed to saying, well, what is it that matters to me and what do I want? Um, and I'm also never going to judge someone to, for coming to work with me, even though I say like, you know, I'm not ever going to tell anyone to wait, lose weight. It's not my decision. It's honestly, it's not right. But I can help you understand what that decision would be like for you. Um, and so I'm, but I'm never going to judge someone for saying, I don't want to lose weight. And I'm also never going to judge someone for saying, I want to lose weight. <laughs> it doesn't, it actually is inconsequential. My job is to help you pursue change in a way that feels consistent with your values and what you bring to the table. That's what we do, uh, which is why my clinic is not similar to any other weight loss clinic you have ever heard of. <laughs> and I love that because you're giving them the ability to choose and make decisions for themselves that is conducive to their values, it's heart-centered, and et cetera. And it sounds like, Dr. Ashley, you and your patients, you do it as a partnership. You oh. are there to support them and not make them feel less than or mm. make them feel invaluable. Or you only get to walk through my doors if you're going to follow my rules, right? <laughs> yeah. Where so many, so many diet clinics are like that. They're like, oh, you were bad this week, right? And so I actually, as a matter of course, you know, if you were to ask me what I would do is I, I actually don't weight track and I don't food track. And it's not like I'm saying you should never weight track and you should never food track. But I'm saying I'm open to the idea of you not doing that. And for lots of people, it's actually probably more harm than good. I think it just puts too much pressure on that individual because I have friends that were in Weight Watchers and they're mm. over here like, oh, their phone, they're like, oh, wait, let me check this. And I'm like, girl, if- That's a like very distressing experience. And it's it's borne out so publicly, right? And you're sitting, it's like you're in public having a, a shared eating experience, trying to like enjoy being with your peers. And all you can think of is, oh, my appetite my appetite must be shrunk. And you're like, and then because you're so stressed about it, your appetite is actually paradoxically going to rage. 
and make you want to eat more because of the stress imposed by the diet. And this is one of the reasons why dieting almost always follows this U-shaped curve where you start at X weight at six months, you've reached the lowest weight on that diet you will reach. And then you slowly begin to regain because it's impossible to follow rules that don't make any sense with respect to your own values. So responsive eating is all about creating eating experiences that are aligned with your values. And that's what matters. That's, that's where, that's where you win. That's where you get to enjoy going to dinner with your friend Genesis and just like having a great potato and then moving on. Yeah. And then not going home and, and binging because instead of having the potato, like you really wanted, you had the salad and then you were like fixated on the freaking potato. Right. And, and Absolutely. this is what happens to people. They're, 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 you know, they're, they sit and reject their own experience of wanting. Whereas wanting is like a gift, you know, good for you for wanting, take it. Absolutely. I think they should do a spinoff of the show. I'm not sure if you've seen it, Dr. Ashley. It's called the ultimatum. It's like marry or not. It's on I Netflix. I watched it. <laughs> I'm in the middle of it right now. So oh my God. And I think they should do ultimatum diet or no diet because I'm just so freaking <laughs> tired of Who's happier diet. <laughs> who has a better life <laughs> that people who don't diet in my experience have better lives. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, that's what I, but it's funny. It's a great concept for a reality TV show. Yes. The ultimatum is quite something. Holy jumpins. I it won't, is. I won't spoil it. I need to, I'm going to actually watch some of it tonight after I load up the rest of these podcasts. (laughs) I was going to watch it last night, but my husband hates me watching like, he calls it garbage TV. And I was like, sometimes it's just good to like, get out of your reality into someone else's reality. And I was like, I gotta know. want a little candy. It's TV candy. And yeah, I was never into to reality TV. And then my husband introduced me to it. And like, this stuff is great. And I was like, oh yeah, it is great. It's oh, hilarious. Man. You just don't take it too seriously. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> people are people are funny. We're funny little things, is what we are. Absolutely, and I'm so glad that we're uh, that we connect on that level. Yeah, too well. for sure. So, Dr. Ashley, because I I really have to be respectful of your time too, no um, with your busy schedule. So, I want to ask you to leave the listeners and viewers with some quick tips. And then we're going to jump into the the call to action afterwards. Lovely. So my, my advice is that uh, most advice in the diet space is wrong. And the work that I do is not about food selection or food tracking or weight tracking, although those things could be considered as, as things we talk about, but my work is really about creating a values-based life through eating experiences that celebrate the appetite that you bring to the table And lots of people bring different levels of appetite and it's all beautiful and it's all understandable um, with time and you have to decode it a little bit. And we do that in our, in our signature eight week process. Um, And then, and also in my course. Amazing. And now the call to action, what do you want to challenge the audience to do, or what do you want to encourage them to think about whenever they hear this segment and just really be intentional with their lifestyle choices because it's mm-hmm. a lifestyle choice. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have a thought appear in your mind about 
the meaning of certain foods or certain eating experiences. Just consider that the thought comes from the culture and it doesn't come from you. And you may have been around these thoughts or judgments so long that you can't tell the difference, but that's okay. Consider that these thoughts are not real. They're simply messages from a toxic culture. Woo! X to toxic <laughs> cultures. That's so, right. That's right. Dr. Ashley, plug your website and how can they connect with you on social media? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at uh, Dr. Ashley White or Drashley White, if you will. Uh, And then LinkedIn uh, is uh, Dr. Ashley White. And then drashleywhite.com is my website where you can sign up for my newsletter. And there y'all have it. Dr. Ashley White, we're saying no to diet, saying yes to lifestyle choices. We're telling you to be comfortable in your own skin love you because who else is going to love you and embrace your body your body and it is something amazing and magical Mm -hmm. so just say my body is my body and I love (laughs) my body if you need to have that positive self-talk because you only have one body y'all and all jokes aside like I feel like we need to be comfortable in our own skin and just really take that power back because if not Society is going to paint how they want us to be. Television is going to tell us a vision and social media, it's going to gas you up and you may not have all the gas to make it to your final destination. But once you really come in full connection, mind, body, and soul, then you're going to really be thriving at an optimal level to be who you were created to be and not what the world wants you to be. And so on that note, um, oh, Dr. Ashley, you want to chime in there? Oh, I was just saying amen. (laughs) On that note, I challenge y'all to subscribe and share this segment. We're on 40 plus platforms. You can find all video contents at YouTube by typing in at gems with the Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank each one of you for tuning in with us on a daily and consistent basis where you allowed us to be ranked in the top 3% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. So thank you so much for um, supporting the mission of GEMS, which is to educate, inspire, and motivate. And we are also looking for brand sponsors. Space is limited. So head on over to genesisamarskemp.net, hit that podcast tab, and learn how you can plug in and tap in. Until next time. Peace, love, and lots of blessings. Go follow Dr. Ashley. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services, to be here on GEMS Podcast.